This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hello, I'm Hanif Baharuddin and you're tuned into the show that brings you closer to the people and places of our capital city. Earlier this month, the people from Preka Bandar organised a virtual discourse titled Designing for Post-Pandemic Cities Towards the National Urban Design Compendium for Malaysian Cities. The focus of the conversation was on having a compendium, a sort of guide for city planners and everyone involved in the process to refer to in making our cities not only more sustainable but also more livable with a bit of soul and identity. But what else was talked about during the forum? Joining me to summarise the conversation as well as provide a primer on the National Urban Design Compendium is the moderator and president of Breaker Bandar Shuhana Shamsuddin The very essence of the urban discourse which we did during the National Urban Forum is to propagate for a National Urban Design Compendium to be prepared to in a way guide the future development and the building of cities in Malaysia following some kind of um, urban design principles that would actually create some kind of identity and sense of place for our city as well as um, supporting the sustainable development goals that has been um, introduced by the United Nations and also now becoming uh, one of the guiding principles for the uh, urban planning uh, in Malaysia. Uh, so the compendium is uh, actually... It, 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 it is... Um, when I said a guiding principle, it's more or less um, giving some kind of framework as to uh, how we should build our cities. What are the things that we have to consider uh, in the design of the cities? When I mention design, it's not planning. You know, it's not just about land use, zoning and so forth or or aspects that is only touching on the two-dimensional um, scale. But this is, we're talking about the three-dimensional quality of the cities, which also include the sensory qualities and the aesthetics aspects of a city, which is uh, very much lacking uh, in, in our cities. We are, from the research, the past research that I have done, uh, when I was at university for the 30 years that I have spent at university, you know, I discovered that our cities um, are losing its character. We used to have cities with very unique character, uh, with uh, uh, strong traditions in the way we design our buildings and the way we build the cities. But slowly as um, one of the implications of urbanization and when you are trying to, when you development happens very fast, and um, the local authorities are not able to cope with the amount of um, uh, submissions for development uh, building uh, submissions that come to place. So, uh, we seem to have lost control as to how the city has been built and, on, and only very few controls uh, such as the uh, compliance to certain standards are, are being enforced. But after that, um, the parceling of the land that is also a matter which is not uh, beyond the control of the architects and the local authorities because it's under the land uh, authority uh, has resulted in our cities you know being um, built without any design coordination so there's uh, there's the syndromes of unanimous uh, bland and uh, 
anywhere, nowhere kind of uh, character of cities uh, taking place. So much so that if you take a picture, a photo of the the typical cities uh, or towns in Malaysia, you know, you cannot really tell where, where are they actually located. Whereas in the past, we used to have several typology of cities that is um, uh, actually uh, having an identity based on the functions that they, they used to have, such as like, we, we have royal towns, we have uh, port cities, we have the colonial cities, and we have the hill stations like Cameron Highlands. That, that, was, uh, that was how cities were, were built in the past. But slowly, you know, every city now tends to look alike. And, and slowly, um, uh, we, we lost many uh, places, historical places that gives the character and the sense of place, you know, slowly being eroded and being replaced by commercially related buildings, which is of international image that, that it doesn't really relate, relate to, to the uh, character of our cities. So I, I think um, based on the uh, what's happening in other parts in the world where um, cities are not just built uh, for just specific pur uh, purpose of functional qualities, but they are built to have some kind of character and identity that people can relate to, which, which actually um, develop a sense of pride to the uh, local people that they, 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 they feel proud of, you know, living in a city with a very strong uh, character uh, which reflects their heritage and their history. And... Um, uh, uh, the purpose of uh, the an urban design compendium is so that there is this uh, guiding principles that actually look at all the cities in Malaysia uh, in general and what are the characters that we want to uh, uh, retain, what are the things that are, are, are needed, you know, what, kind, what kind of um, guidelines are needed at the general level all cities must fulfill. For example, uh, I think there are certain principles, uh, design principles, which um, actually should be applied uh, to every city. Like there must be a clear hierarchy of urban spaces, you know, that, that people that can actually uh, become places for interaction to the people, that the city centres should be walkable and it should give comfort to the people to walk and enjoy the cities. And uh, there, we should allow, you know, uh, several uh, districts within the city to have its own character, um, such as like, like in Kolompo, we have the Kampung Baru, we have the Petaling Street with its own character, and we have the Pudu area with its own character. So we, we should have uh, Bukit Bintang having its own character. So we, we should allow, uh, within the city, there will be what we call districts or um, uh, visual units which is, has its own character, but they, 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 they fit in together as an ensemble for the whole city. So that is that purpose. So with um, Compendium, uh, national compendium which actually um, set these guiding principles so all the uh, local authorities of the various cities can actually adopt these principles and tailor suit it to their city in the form of urban design guideline that is localized to their uh, local context to their own uh, uniqueness for example if you if their cities are a waterfront city or it's a port city like uh, in, in georgetown or or they are if a royal town like Pekan and Kuala Kansa, then they can actually adopt these general principles and then tailor suit it to how they would uh, reflect the character of their, their, their own uh, uh, cities within this, this general framework. Because at the moment, there is no like common goals in terms of how the city has been designed. Uh, we, are, we at Perikabanda is very concerned that, you know, 
we have lost the um, art of building cities uh, in Malaysia. I mean, our cities are basically uh, uh, very practical-oriented, very utilitarian, just to serve the purpose. And slowly, uh, we'll, we'll be losing this character. And, and our motto is to reclaim back the character of Malaysian cities. And that's why we are we are championing that we should have this National Urban Design Companion and we should have Urban Design Guidelines at, at, at all major cities at least so that um, the character of the cities uh, in this country, especially the historical parts of the city, are being uh, secured. Because remember, you know, the, the longer a place exists, it has a stronger meanings and it, it, it gives the um, uh, the sense of uh, place and identity to city due because these are the places that give the spirit and the soul to the city. Because, you know, people are attached to places that have existed a long time because of the memories and the bonding that they have, the attachment they have to places of in the past. And we should try to keep these cities as a reminder of how does the city actually begin. But the sad thing to see that from, from the research that I have done in the past, now these are the cities that become target for redevelopment, you know, to make way for uh, high-rise uh, condominiums or shopping malls after shopping malls. And, and in the end, we have cities that all look alike without any you know, sense of uh, identity. Which, even because identity, when you talk about identity of places, very something very intangible, you know, very qualitative in nature, but it's very important for the psychological needs of the people. Is that, uh, uh, this psychologically, people need to have identity. Like, like, that's why we don't like to wear uniform. That's why we want to, we want to personalize our house, you know, we put all sorts of things so that our house will look different because there is a psychological need to have identity. And what we are talking here is at a bigger scale at the level, at the scale of the city. Which we are, we, we seems to have uh, uh, lost that that grasp. In the past, when development was very slow, uh, when we have more time to coordinate developments, you know, we are able to uh, build cities uh, responding to the climate, responding to the the behavior of the people and the culture. But slowly, we have lost this this art and this skill. Um, so yeah, it's it's a it's a very interesting concept to have a sort of like a compendium or a guide, right? Uh, how is the compendium? arrange or design like um do you have like multiple key points or tenets that you have to perhaps meet in order for a city to i guess be considered to be i guess uh a bit more dynamic in terms of its identity what 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 are the key tenets or what are the key points mentioned in the compendium yeah uh, yeah actually the, the, the compendium compendium should not actually dictate uh how the the cities actually uh, to to actually evolve uh, or actually to take shape in the future, but at least it's giving some minimum standards, you know, like like a, a general guideline that they have to go towards certain direction in terms to retain the quality. Uh, in this, like like I said just now, you know, there are some uh, indicators of what makes good urban design, uh, which have to be translated in terms of what I call it urban design principles. You know, the the need to have a very legible kind of uh, city whereby people are able to read. You know, the 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 the, the city, uh, in the sense that they are uh, uh, the 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 cities will will give a sense of a sense of belonging, and that people have. Uh, uh, people are able to enjoy the city through having city that is walkable. You know, you 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 are allowed to 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 have places to interact in in urban urban spaces and so forth. Because I think that's what we are lacking in our city. You know, most of the time we have to we have to um, negotiate the traffic. 
uh, every time you go into the university, so 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 uncomfortable to walk, even though you want you want to walk. So that that is as, as an example one of the things that you have we have to um, has to be spelled out. Um, this I mean you cannot just come up with a compendium just uh, of the cuff. That it, it should be based on uh, the uh, the research. We have done lots of research at the universities in the past, but we don't make full use of this research to come out um, with uh, with a document that that actually put all the research to, together in context to be shared to the to the various local authorities how to guide the future development so like i said um the purpose is not to dictate the but then uh the compendium will establish the the typology of uh, cities for example if the cities are waterfront city then these are the things that they have to uh consider and attempt to protect Like for example, you know how to develop the waterfront. You know what are the things that they have to go, and also to increase visual uh, connectivity between the city and the water bodies. As an example, uh, like if it's a, if if it's the city is it, as it's a royal town, you no, know, probably the way they structure the the space, they have to highlight the importance and the presence of the the royal palaces or or all the key buildings that belongs to the royal family. So that when you go to this place, this kind this town, you know you you are aware that it is a royal town. And you and you you can uh, you can actually comprehend the character you know through the the, the way the whole city has been uh, designed, and the environment that uh, it portrays. Okay, um, uh, so that that's pretty interesting, and I think uh, I mean since we've had this conversation multiple times before, what I'm quite curious to know is that um you mentioned earlier that our cities tend to be designed, uh, in a very utilitarian way, right, very practical. But at the same time, it's also quite difficult to sometimes not be practical, if you know what I mean. Like for example. Yeah, sometimes if we are so invested in thinking about the identity of a city and focusing a lot more on, I guess, aesthetics or conceptual design that that reflects and represent the people, um, sometimes it might also be a bit too too focused on 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 the conceptual rather than the practical, right? So how how do we navigate between the two? How do we find a balance between the two? I don't I don't think that you know if you focus on the city you cannot be practical, but the what is the problem is. I give you an example. Look at our modern shop houses. Practically, you know, it's just a building with windows and uh, um, doors and a, a roof. You know, it's just a, a shelter. You know, a structure. If you compare to the to the old shop houses where the, there is a, a attention being given to the way the, the design of the windows uh, is being done. The the way they design the the doors, for example, I'm just giving a very very simple example like that. Uh, it just needs it just needs some effort. Doesn't need a lot of effort actually. But the 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 building has to function, uh, practically, but with a pleasant uh, character that actually uh, helps people to remember the place. I mean, sometimes you know most of the if you go to the building, you, you if you go to a certain place, it just slip off. Your mind, you 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 cannot remember the place after you left you left it because there's nothing uh, about the the place that you know helps your your mind to you know to retain some of the memories of the place because it's so it's so dull. It's been designed like uh, like I say anywhere nowhere. It's everything you when you go to the places everywhere is the same. This is what we call like like the McDonaldization of places. You know, I mean, it's so predictable. Uh, I mean, like like McDonald, you know, like the 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 way they brand the, their design. You know, you know, everywhere you will see the the, the same kind of uh, design anywhere uh, and everywhere. 
So, uh, what, we, what we're trying to say is that now you have to consider, you know, every city has its own story. Every city has its own history. Every city has its own uniqueness, the culture of the local people. The way. So, this thing must be taken into consideration. And one thing, we don't even design according to our climate, which is quite, quite strange. Because we're living in a tropical countries and we, we, we sort of, you know, design so that we have to rely on the air conditioning. And now with the pandemic, uh, which actually is very, um, how should I say, very sensitive to the problem of ventilation, then we find that most of the, 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 the disease is equally easily spread because of the problem of poor ventilation in places. So um, if you look at the colonial building in the past, they're designing with the climate. At that time, there's lots of openings, there are veranda ways, um, overhangs, and so forth. In a way, the buildings, when they respond to the climate, it also develops a certain character. And I think we don't have to look far. If you look in, at Singapore, the way they build the cities, it's very much a tropical. You know that you are in a tropical country because there's so many street line streets and the, the, the way they design them. Uh, the the streets, you know, is taking into consideration. There are so many. Um, I think I've been to NUS, you know, and the way design is really responding to the climate. You know, there's a lot of balconies and the veranda ways and so forth, which are actually um, features that is associated with tropical climate. So, uh, in a way, I think what well, there's so many. I mean, our modern our modern cities now are, are too like. Like like the difference between you know eating a uh, fast food and eating a steak. You know? <laughs> fast food, you know, everything is fast, you know, and you can predict the the the, the taste. Uh, but as compared to a la carte, and you when you order certain food when it's been cooked, you know, uh, just to suit uh, for you alone, you know, you you can see the difference in the taste as well as the way it's being presented. So that is, that is what we're trying to get now. I mean, uh, we have to design cities um, according to its local context. And the, the purpose of having a compendium is to, to actually enforce this, you know, to get the local authorities to make the effort to guide and control development and also, in a way, to challenge the architects, you know, to explore their design in giving character to places, not just to build another building. I mean, some there are times when you see the building, you know, you know the plans it has been, you can see the same building in so many other other places because it is it's so replicated, you know, the design is uh, so we have a standardization of the of the townscape. That was Shuhana Shamsuddin, the president of Breaker Bandar, sharing her thoughts on the proposed National Urban Design Compendium and how it will benefit cities. We're going for a short break. Stay tuned. I'm Hanif Baharudin and you're listening to I Love KL on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, listening to I Love KL, bringing you closer to the people and places of our capital city. I'm Hanif Baharudin. Joining me this week is Johanna Shamsuddin, President of Breaker Banda, our Malaysian Urban Design Association. We've been talking about a proposal for a national urban design compendium to be created as a guide to be referred to in the process of designing our cities. Johanna has given us a one-on-one on the matter, so let's pick up where we left off. Alright, so so it's good to have a compendium, uh, but at the same time, uh, how are we planning to quote unquote enforce it? No, not necessarily. I don't think enforce is the right word, but how are we planning to get people to actually 
follow the the companion. Actually, the the companion must come from the government. The it has to come from the minister. Uh, actually, in Malaysia, we have the plan Malaysia, which is controlling the the the, the planning uh, of the development. And the plan Malaysia is actually uh, under the Ministry of Housing and Local Government. And so, actually, it has to come from the the ministry level to actually uh, require this compendium to be prepared because the, the same thing happened in in UK because they have a the urban design compendium being prepared for all the cities in UK and then it becomes the general guiding principle for all the other local authorities to produce their own guidelines their own design briefs so that every city will have their own character within certain control framework so that every city will have some kind of quality in the design of the of the cities so uh, to make things happen you know it has to come from the from the up from the from administrative level uh, cascading to the plan measure will have to produce this compendium and with the support of the local authorities because at the end of the day enforcement and implementation of any guidelines or policies is actually responsibility of the local authorities and sometimes the local authorities are not equipped with enough personnel uh, enough um, staff staffing to actually uh, monitor what's happening on the ground and the, if the red tapes are still like what it used to be the bureaucracy is still long so in the end you know you, you, you just go for shortcuts and then just look at very very um, to, the easy way out is just to enforce certain kind of standards to be complied for example the plot ratio or the density and so forth and then just leave it to the architects and their client, you know, to, to design what is best fit for the place without any kind of um, design requirements uh, or some kind of design control. Then there's some kind of checking of the design so, so that it fits into the context. So we are, we are, we are yet to see. So actually, you cannot just... Uh, you, I, I can, you cannot expect that once we have a companion, then you can see things uh, uh, really um, happening. Uh, there's a miracle happening on the ground. No, it, it takes time. It takes like any kind of guidelines or policies. It has to come with a strong commitment and the political will to enforce it. And enforcement is actually a problem. <laughs> uh, if you get me, we have got lots of uh, uh, policy. We got lots of. Uh, um, I give you a good example. We have the People with Disability Act. You know that requires all. Uh, public places to be accessible to the people with disability. But if you look out, if you go try to 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 bring your your family members, like, like now I, my husband is uh, suffering from stroke, he cannot walk, so I have to push the wheelchair and I have to avoid many places. I, he, he's been deprived from going to uh, for recreation and so forth because the, the, the places are not accessible, even though we have the act. But enforcement is very important. Because it's not, it's no point having a compendium, having guidelines, but if you don't enforce it, it will just remain on the shelves, and it just be another KPI that's been fulfilled. But what we require here is things to actually uh, be translated on the ground. You know, we 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 can see the effect of it on the ground, and that is for the benefit of the of the local people. Hmm. All right. Yeah. So, um, yes, uh, enforcement is a problem. Um, and. Uh, we need someone to sort of like enforce enforce these guidelines, right? But uh, is it also possible for, I guess, a group of architects, a group of uh, developers to come together and perhaps agree on, I guess, a more sustainable way of, of 
yeah. designing our city. It has to be a series of discourse. I mean, we cannot just. Uh, I think there is a this there is another problem with the way uh, with the work culture that is actually in this kind of way, uh, working in silo culture. You know, we have. Uh, I think sometimes this working in silo, you know, is actually the the main culprit in in things not getting um, across, you know, messages not getting across, and then there's miscommunication and so forth. It's the the, the if if you if you have a shared vision, you have a common goal, you have you must not work in silos because the only way to work to have a common goal. I mean, when you have a compendium, national compendium, like you you have a, some kind of a common goal, isn't it? Like like a direction to follow. But this requires everybody to break all the walls. You know the 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 walls that makes people work in silo to come together and have a discourse. You know, and how to best you know to develop and build uh to design the city so that you know we they can achieve some kinds of uh, targets. At the moment, we have lots of targets. Targets. Uh, I mean, we're using the sustainable development goals um, uh, target. Uh, I mean, we have lots of guidelines for low carbon and so forth. But what is the point of having uh, sustainable development? It's not just about you know reducing energy, you know, low carbon and so forth. It's, it's also about sustainable communities and sustainable cities. And sustainability in culture is also very important. Because we when we talk about sustainable development, it's not just about the the objects, the buildings, the plants, the the the, uh, the town. It's also about the people. So we have to we have to make sure the people are actually not being deprived to have cities that actually uh, reflecting their culture and their identity, and so forth. So uh, there's a, actually there's a um, how should I say? I think I think we need a very as um. The Ministry of Housing, local government has to play a, a strong role in actually. It uh, must be a political will to ensure that our cities have quality in the way it's been designed. It's not just enough to have so many. You know, it's not just enough to have so many so um, shopping malls or the longest bridge, the tallest building, and so forth. I mean, we are we are we are very um, obsessed in having all uh, this. You no. Know, we're building tower blocks, so many high-rise buildings. We want to be the tallest and so forth. But we are forgetting that having one tall, the tallest building, you know, does not improve the quality of the life of the people who are using the streets. So what we are want to see, we 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 are looking more in terms, you know, the the what's happening on the 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 ground, the the effects to the the daily lives of people who who are actually using the city, you know. What are the problems that they face in the uh, uh, in the city, and how much they have ability for them to enjoy the 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 city that they're living in? So that's why I say it needs a strong political will. I mean, this thing has happened. The problem that we had, you know, it has been faced in the UK in the seventies, eighties, seventies, eighties, in the nineties when and that led to Prince Charles, you know. Uh, uh, wrote a book called Vision for Britain where he really condemned the way the cities have been built in UK that is actually eroding many historical places and also breaking away from the traditions of building cities that meets the needs of the people. And he challenges the architects, you know, to come up with good design that 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 actually uh, uh, reflects the character of uh, and the traditions of the uh, of the cities, and he also challenged the planners, you know, to 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 be creative in, in and also to have that um commitment to to uh, ensure that their their city has uh character and so forth. And that's why you see that in UK the development control machinery is very stringent. They really 
they really scrutinize the design of the building that is going to be built and they will and they will also require the developers and the and the and the clients towards uh, to produce some kind of a uh, design that actually fit in with the with the context and also contributing to the to the uh, public spaces and so forth because they make full use of the development control uh, system whereby planning permission will be given subject to certain kind of conditions which include design which includes design appropriate design for the context i think that there is something that we in the long we have to be going towards that direction because at the moment now you can see any kind of buildings can can be built as long as they fulfill the just the quantitative uh requirements you know probably in the heights um, plot ratio density and so forth but the qualitative aspects is missing and this is why our cities uh, have that problem yeah okay so um as a as a former lecturer um if let's say we have a lot of hurdles to sort of like i guess get this implemented uh, or get people to start changing their minds with regard to how to properly design a city um if that's a problem right now um is it possible to also perhaps educate our you know future generations with regard to i guess yeah um you know developing a more robust and a more ethical and a more i guess wholesome approach towards designing cities yeah so is is that even like a, a a possibility like like i mean if we can't fix things now maybe we should start thinking about you know incorporating this kind of thinking uh, into i guess um current syllabus current architectural syllabus so that at least future generations will be able to i guess take the mental and you know change things moving forward yeah i i i acknowledge that urban design is uh, being uh, taught and introduced uh, uh, to the uh, university students at the uh, architecture uh, uh, plan, town planning and landscape architecture program, but but the emphasis is just at introductory level. Uh, it's not enough. It's not enough um, uh, emphasis uh, being given as compared to in UK or in other uh, where I, I always uh, refer to UK because they are so good at actually um, controlling development in the cities to because that's why you see the 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 cities over there you know it has been built like that for hundred years and they still have that same character you know and it, it, uh, although they have new buildings but sometimes you cannot tell the difference between the new buildings and the old building except for the building materials because the modern materials are being used now uh, but still in terms of scale and proportion and the way the architectural uh, and so forth, you know, is trying to uh, respond and uh, and respect uh, the their neighbors. Uh, yes, I would actually um, uh, call for all universities, you know, to actually increase more concern for urban design in their university uh, curriculum uh, in the syllabus, especially for architecture uh, and and town planning, because I think that, like for example, in the town planning, the 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 emphasis on urban design is is more it's very little uh, it's just at the lower years level uh, which actually by the time they, they they've been introduced to urban design at the lower years level so by the time they reach the final years they are uh, they are already brought down with uh, planning at uh, policy levels you know so this this appreciation of the townscape what makes good design and so forth it, it, it has been um uh, what I, how how do how should i say it? it's not really carrying through after they left the universities, so I would require. I think even we have to teach um it at the young even at schools. You know how to appreciate good design, how to appreciate a good environment, so that they will 
demand for it you know when they be, when when they become uh, the end users and we have, will have once i think um uh, the experience in uk has uh, shown that you know the public interest in the design of the cities is, is very important to to make the the politicians and the professionals you know respond to meet these needs you know when the public demands a certain kind of uh, quality in environment yeah, and uh, and they are they are very vocal they're voicing out and they, this the professional will will have to back up and we have to have more training programs so for example uh, if the past syllabus of the universities are not uh, enough i think uh, personally i have taught urban design to architecture students and to planning students in utm i personally think that it's a, the the content uh, urban design content is not enough to prepare them for the uh, demand of actually coordinating design at the city uh, scale level, which is very very huge uh, uh, problem to deal with. So that's why we at, uh, at the universities are offering masters in urban design program to give an additional uh, training and skills to focus on urban design. But it seems that the uh, from the from the experience that we have in running the masters urban design program in UTM. You know, we 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 don't seem to be able to attract the planners to to join uh, the program. We have more architects joining the program compared to the planners. So simply because I think when the word design, urban design, you know, the planner will be a bit scared because uh, they uh, it requires some kind of creativity, some drawing abilities, and so forth. But actually, this thing can be taught. What what is needed is actually the mindset. You know how to how to develop uh, the, the the creativity and the mindset to actually embrace uh, urban design as a concern, and to be concerned about the uh, issue of identity, character, heritage, and so forth. You've been tuning in to I Love KL and I was Shuhana Shamsuddin, President of Breaker Banda or Malaysian Urban Design Association and we've been talking about a proposal to set up a national urban design compendium for Malaysian cities. If you'd like to check out the talk that Breaker Banda had earlier this month, visit their website at breakerbandar.org.my. That's all we have for this episode of I Love KL. If you miss any part of the show, you can check out the podcast at bfm.my slash ilovekl, our app which you can find via Google Play and the App Store and also Spotify. Don't forget to also follow the station on Twitter at BFM Radio. My name is Sanif Baharudin and you have been tuning in to I Love KL, bringing you closer to the people and places of our capital city. Join us again next week only on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.